0: Now on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein responds to your questions.
1: So over to San Jose and speak with Eric. He's looking at CVS Health Corporation. Do you own it or looking to buy it? I've sold
0: two thirds of my position, but I'm just uh, curious if it's time to just get rid of everything. Invest Talk, over 29 million downloads and counting.
2: And my question is about reinvesting dividends.
0: Your participation makes it unique. 88899 Shark.
3: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial, Steve Peasley President, KPP Financial, Independent Thinking, Shared Success. And now today's podcast
1: Good afternoon fellow investors and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. I appreciate you all tuning in this hour and I'm going to do my best to make it instructive and informative for you and the way that I do that is by operating with a mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. We are here to help bring you along in our success in investing in the market, give you market reports, give you explanations of how different parts of the market operate, how investing in different asset classes can bring risks and rewards, and obviously stock commentary, you know, we're going to, talk about individual companies, which I tried to broaden them out as much as possible to give perspective on the industries that they're in, uh, potential leadership, news about the company, how to analyze it and understand that particular news, anything that we talk about on this show is all going to be presented to you without bias, and I'm just going to give you the facts as I see them and as I have them in front of me. We obviously pay for a lot of good data, and I'm relying on that, as well as my about 20 years of market expertise. Now, I'm Justin Klein. Of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. This will help shape the show to your liking. We can talk whatever is on your mind. We get a lot of calls live, 4 to 5 Pacific time during our live stream program, or after hours, you can leave a question anytime in our Invest Talk Voice Bank. The number never changes. Either way, 888 chart is the number to get through. Now, let's get right to our first listener question now.
3: Yeah, Steve. My name is Chris. I'm pretty new to investing. I'm wondering what you're thinking about General Motors, stickers, DM, and also some dog growers in detail. I look forward to hearing your
1: answer. Thank you. All right. Well, GM is has been doing well, and the drive towards electric vehicles should benefit the industry as a whole. But you know, at the valuations that GM has now with their debt, I'm just not a not a huge fan. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's just kind of, eh. To be honest with you, I think uh, this recent run from a two-week low of fourteen dollars to fifty-one higher than pre-pandemic, and certainly there's some justification to that with uh, more money in people's pockets, right? But I actually think there's going to be a setback in some of these areas of the market that have done well, especially big ticket items. And a lot of this has to do with rent and mortgage moratoriums, The the tons of money being saved by not having to pay for your mortgage or for your rent. And that has certainly helped Areas of the economy like automobiles. So uh, I like some parts of the automobile sector, to be honest, a lot of the foreign names better than domestic. And that's why GM, after this run, not a giant fan of. Now, uh, SNDL, which was a Canadian cannabis company, Sundial Growers, that has pulled back here with a lot of the cannabis names. I don't know much about them. They're very hard to, let's see. It's selling a piece of its business, selling Bridge Farm for $90 million. You know, Why is it selling its farm? That's interesting. Not supposed to make money this year. It's a Canadian grower. It has pulled back to some support here. So technically, it looks okay. But my issue is I'm not a big, or big fan of the Canadian growers. I think that's where there's not as much opportunity because it's already legalized. It's already, there's already a competitive space there. I think the better opportunities are in the U.S. Growers and US cannabis companies. Now, I know you want strategies to help deal with this crazy market, right? We're starting to see that volatility pick up and thus uncertainty pick up. And I'm here and ready to take your calls and questions at 888.99 chart. Now, let's check in on the market today. We had overnight, we were down pretty big. Let's see, with the biggest, you know, the SP bottomed around. 38.07, we closed at 38.80, up four points. So that's a, it's a pretty big rally, about 2 2.5% two from the lows of the day. Now, a lot of that was hitting some major support, and so it's not a shock that we got a bounce. The NASDAQ had an even bigger bounce, but still closed down 67 points. low was about 13,000. We closed at 13,465. Yeah, 14,465. So an even bigger rally from the lows, but still down from yesterday. Even after yesterday's being very, very weak. The Russell closed down about 1%, probably the weakest of the major indexes. And to me, I'm watching the 10-year. 10-year... While early in the morning was pulling back a little bit on yields, it didn't even cross below its 10-minute 100 moving average. It still remains in a very, very strong uptrend. It closed down about uh, 0.8 basis points. Call it one basis point. But still, that's just basically a consolidation day. After a big surge from... 1.15 just about a week week and a half ago. Now we're at 1.36. And this is the real story. Where do 10-year yields find a ceiling? To at least consolidate, to get the market used to higher interest rates? Inflation expectations continue to rise. And we are now at the level, clearly, where the market's saying, "Uh uh-uh, we cannot justify the valuations in the markets, especially in these growth names. A lot of them have very little revenue, very little earnings, and many of them none at all. And they can't justify 20, 30, 40 billion dollar valuations for a lot of these names, especially a lot of the recent IPOs. And As we tick higher in the 10-year, as inflation expectations keep going, it's going to continue to weigh on equities. And that's what you saw yesterday and today. And nothing today made me change my viewpoint. Right? There wasn't a major reversal in any of the indicators that I'm following. Dollar was roughly flat. Treasuries are roughly flat. Gold was down a bit, but not much. Rallied as well throughout the day. So I'm continuing to see a market that's going to struggle at these levels. Unless you get a big reversal. And the big question is, what what does the Fed say? Right? Federal Reserve meeting... Let's see, uh, schedule, let's see, 2021. I'm looking at their, their calendar for uh, their meetings. It is March 16th and 17th. So we have three, four weeks or so, called three weeks, until that Fed meeting. And I think that's going to be the most consequential Fed meeting we've had in years, right? Because we know the Fed's not going to raise rates and the big question is, where will the ten-year rate be? Where will equity markets be? Where will the financial, what will the financial conditions be going into that meeting? And do they react by just saying, "Hey, we need more stimulus, and everything's fine," or do we, they say, "Oh, we're go, or hint at yield curve control, which is going to happen at some point. It's just a matter of when." Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We're now in the final trading week of February. And your goal of financial freedom will require information and effective strategies, and that's what I'm here to dispense. Your participation is vital to this show, and we love your calls. And We're taking them right now at eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart
0: Investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Let's
1: so head over to San Jose and speak with Eric. He's looking at CVS Health Corporation. Do you own it or looking to buy it?
3: i um, currently own it. Uh, Bought it back in March or April, and uh, it's had a great uh, great run. I bought it at about 15, and it's uh, hit up in the mid 60s. I've sold two thirds of my position, but I'm just uh, curious if it's time to just get rid of everything.
1: Uh, no, I actually don't. I think it's still a good value at these levels. I know it's rallied some, but this is a, a company that certainly has its challenges with online uh, retail and, and they don't have a great presence on that front, but they have strong distribution on the drug side uh, and it, it drives traffic. So at the end of the day, whether you're driving traffic in in, in in a website or in store, as long as you're able to do that and turn that into profit and cash flow, I think you're going to do all right. And that's what I see here is that CVS has a pretty good business in that sense. And their cash flows, their earnings continue to march higher. And I like it. So uh, they did make an acquisition that is uh, the healthcare insurer that could be an issue uh, longer term, especially with changes in regulatory structures in Washington. And I think that's the biggest risk here. But as long as things stay relatively the same from the regulatory standpoint, I think they'll do fine. I think they're undervalued. We actually own this for clients, and I would be actually buying more on this recent dip here from 76 down to 69 and change now. So I'm a fan of it. I would be holding. Thanks for the call, Eric. Let's go to Mike. He's here locally in Southern California. I don't know where you are, Mike, but he's looking at Home Depot. Do you own it or looking to buy it?
0: I was looking to purchase. Uh, It's been on a little bit of a wild ride today. The earnings came
3: out. Initially, the market didn't like it, but it kind of recovered halfway through the day. I'm wondering if you thought this might be a purchase point.
1: No, I don't. I I think that Home Depot, compared to last year, is going to struggle and start to hit a lot of tough comps. Right, and that's what you're going to start to see here in 2021. There are different comps. When you look at growth rates, people typically look at year over year. And for some companies and some industries, the year over year from 2021, looking back to 2022 is going to look great. But if your business did well during the pandemic and you were actually boosted by the stay-at-home orders, then 2021 is going to be much rougher for you. And that's what I see with Home Depot is their business did very well during the pandemic. In April, the the second quarter, ending in April, their revenue was still up 7%. Third quarter, up 23%. Fourth quarter, up another 23%. Last quarter, up 25%. So their business did very, very well because of the pandemic, and that's been priced in here. And that's what I think you're going to see, is a sharp deceleration in their growth, and that means their multiple is going to have to come down. And technically, it broke below its 200-day moving average. I just don't see a compelling value here for Home Depot yet. Now, around $200 a share, that's when I would say, OK, this looks to be at least modestly undervalued. And if interest rates continue to go up, that's also going to be a big headwind. If mortgage rates go to 4%, that's going to change the dynamics of the housing industry, remodeling, etc., refinancing. To remodel your home, like I said. So I would be weary of Home Depot at these levels. 200, that's my target to pick it up. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Steve Pease and I have recorded a new rapid fire hour podcast. In the course of one hour, we move quickly through 30 different questions. So you can download our new Invest Talk rapid fire hour for free at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Give me a call, 888 99 chart.
0: The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART
1: my focus point today involves a story about the S&P 500's trailing 12 months earnings, and the, or not earnings, but return is supposed to soar here by the end of March. And that's all because of the meltdown we had because of the COVID lockdowns. So we, we all kind of remember that. Now, if you look back today and go year over year, uh, the S&P is up about 18%, which is a solid return. But if you go based on the end of March, it's about to jump to 78% if the markets stay just flat between now and the end of March. Now, the reason I speak about this is to understand how important those, that starting place is for any return. Right, you A lot of people hear returns. And they say, okay, this is what happened in the last year or th- two years or three years or five years. Well, where that asset class started at that time has a gigantic fa- uh, impact on that return number. So rate of change is vital to understand. Markets... And investors often extrapolate those returns. And that can be a bad thing or that can be a good thing, depending on the way you're looking at it. Now, if you take a potential 78% return, which, like I said, if the market stays flat between now and the end of March, that's what the S&P will, return will be year over 12 months. If you take that, that will be higher than 99%. of 12-month rolling periods in history. So you can see what kind of anomaly that actually is. What's even more interesting, though, is Ned Davis' research looked at earnings per share growth. Times when earnings per share for the S&P was over 20, when it was between 10 and 20, when it was between 0 and 10. And when it was down 25% as well as between, let's see, 25, sorry, between, oh, negative 25 and positive, or negative 10. There we go. Negative 25 and negative 10. That was actually the best performing time of the S&P. When current earnings per share was between negative 10 and and negative 25% year over year. And you're gonna say, that's odd. Why, why, why would the best performing time in the markets be when earnings per shares shrinking? Well, because remember, the market looks forward. Market doesn't look back. And that's why a lot of people get confused when earnings on a company comes out and it looks like they did really well. Earnings up 40%, revenue up 62%, right, Just as an example. And the market sinks, or the stock sinks. Well, it's a perfect example of a buy the rumor, sell the news type of event. And it works the other way. Sell the rumor, buy the news. So when earnings are doing bad, not horrible, but relatively bad, that's actually the best time to be investing. Best time to be buying. Because... The future is going to be a lot easier. The comps are going to be a lot easier going forward. Companies don't have to increase earnings that much in order for the price of their stock to go up, and sometimes dramatically. So don't get caught up in the news of the day, especially when it comes to earnings. It's always about looking forward, not backwards. And that's what you're about to see is this huge return in the S&P over the last 12 months. But know that that is kind of a statistical anomaly. And you're going to have to look through that noise and look forward, not backwards. Now, normally at this point, I mention several other topics I want to go over, but today, since we have a Good backlog of recorded questions. I'm going to try to fit in a greater number of those voice bank questions. So let's take one right now.
0: Hey, good afternoon. This is Ryan calling from Michigan. just
3: had a question for Justin about a year ago. I had placed about 5% of my uh, Roth IRA in uh, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust Fund.
0: It has now grown to be a little bit um, larger position in my portfolio I originally had planned on. I know you guys had allocated some funds and some of your managed accounts to the Graysdale Fund as well. And just wanted to see how you're looking at reallocating with the space. I have out of conviction in the trade and just wanted to see how you guys are approaching with all the gains that you've seen in that. Thank you.
1: Bye. Well, I will have to say that we are out. Um, this recent move has reminded me of 2017 in a lot of ways. There's a lot of speculative fervor across the markets. And Bitcoin is just one of them. And this is a time where I go back to my grandfather's saying that he always taught me, which is, buy when there's sellers and sell when there's buyers. Well, there's a whole lot of buyers and I think there'll be a better chance to invest in Bitcoin. And I also think this year there will be some regulatory issues around Bitcoin that could hurt it dramatically. That's what I'm starting to hear underneath the surface. And so I would be taking profits on Bitcoin. Thanks for the call. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions at 888 99 Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, K-E-R-O-N-E dot com. HackerOne dot com.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place means you can travel worry free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium newsletter. Listen Fridays to invest are. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99
3: Chart. Hi, Justin or Steve. This is Chuck from Wisconsin. I have a few questions concerning Albertson's ticker ACI. Can you explain to me what the pros and cons of owning a grocery stock post pandemic are? How do we know people won't revert to their old dining-out habits with pent-up demand? Part of me thinks Albertsons and other grocery stocks have been driven up solely due to increased stay-at-home sales. I'm currently up 20% on my investment, and I'm concerned that grocery stocks might go out of favor and be deadweight on my portfolio for 2021. I might want to allocate my investment elsewhere in more favorable sectors. Am I wrong, or are there other headwinds that would propel Albertsons stock higher this year that I should consider. I would appreciate your thoughts on this company and the sector as a whole. Thank you.
1: Well, I think you are certainly right to a degree. There will be a general hit to earnings because of the pandemic, uh, being over at some point this year and trending back towards more normalized earnings. And that's what analysts are expecting as well. Although this year, expected earnings are to be about $3.14. Next year, about $1.85 on Albertsons. I'm talking about Albertsons here. And we own this for managed accounts. But our value is closer to $25 a share. Now it's at about 16 So you are correct that it will hurt earnings a bit. But inflation is picking up the habits of people are still shifting towards less eating out and more eating at home. People will save money, have seen the savings that they're able to have by shopping in grocery store. And while some will abandon it, a large percent will continue with that habit more than they did pre-pandemic. And so... We like Albertsons. It's probably one of our favorite names. We own it for managed accounts. Even based on next year's earnings of $1.85 expected. Talking about a 9 PE. Very cheap. With strong cash flows, buying back shares, yields 2.5%. We like it. Let's head over to LA, just north of here. Talk with Andrew. He's looking at VSTO, which is Vista Outdoors. This is a, a gun company, right? Yeah, it's an ammo company. Ammo company, okay. Uh, are you, you owning it or are you looking to buy it? I'm looking to buy I know it's run up a little
3: bit. I was wondering what you think would
1: be a good entry point. Well, it's definitely ran up a bit. A uh, good entry point to me is the 100-day moving average. It's right around $25 a share now. Now we're at 33 So I think a modest pullback is certainly possible. $2 billion market cap. And... I think this is a good area. We own a similar company to Vista Outdoors for clients, and I think the gun industry will do well. It tends to do well when there's a Democrat in the White House. Why? Well, it's a narrative. If you're a Republican, remember Obama was going to take your guns? Well, sales of guns and ammo during the Obama administration were very good because Republicans who are pro-gun... They felt they needed to get out and buy guns before the Democrats put restrictions on. And Biden's already talked about some restrictions. And that's only going to intensify the demand and the narrative that Biden's now going to take the guns, right? And so I actually like this space a lot. Now, this one's ran a bunch, so it's a little ahead of itself, to be honest with you. Not our favorite in the industry, especially based on the valuation, but I still like it. So, you know, to pull back to 25, I give it a thumbs up. Now, if you probably noticed, I like to fit in as many caller questions as possible, so let's grab one more now at eight 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 ninety nine chart
2: Hello, my name's Heather. I'm in Portland, Oregon. And my question is about reinvesting dividends. Is there really much benefit to automatically reinvesting the dividends? Or would it be better if I just took the dividends and then use that money to buy stocks of whatever I feel like when I can buy stuff at at a price that's the best rate rather than having the dividends reinvested whatever the price is at the time it's reinvested. So I look forward to hearing the answer on air. Thank you.
1: This is a great question, and your explanation was really spot on. Now, years ago, it made sense, especially if you are a smaller investor, you didn't have a lot of money in uh, particular companies, maybe you got a dividend worth 70 dollars, hundred dollars, something like that. It, didn't, it, it was nice to be able to reinvest it in that company and not pay a commission. That was pretty nice. because commission on 100 bucks is seven bucks that's seven percent. You, you don't want to eat that up with commissions. So reinvesting the dividends made sense in a lot of ways for smaller investors. Nowadays, though, because of free trading, it really doesn't make sense, you're right, to reinvest that dividend. It's better to take that money in from all of your dividend-paying stocks and invest it maybe on down days, uh, times when, or in other companies that you think are better values, right? Instead of adding to a position just because they paid you a dividend. So I agree, that's how we do it for our clients. We take the dividends as cash. We don't take them and reinvest them in the shares. We do it in a more targeted way, and I suggest you do that as well if you are educated enough to do that. Now we're moving at a good clip, so let's keep things going. Let's head over to Canada with this question.
3: Hi, this is Sade from Canada. I have a question about the ticker symbol Nicola N K and a i just like to buy position in this stock, but like to hear from you your opinion thank you so much i'll get your answer on the podcast bye
1: nikola to me is probably the biggest fraud in this market it's all it's the epitome of a story stock right they have no revenue they have they're hemorrhaging money they're They've already been caught in kind of weird lies with, uh, with GM and, and other companies they're trying to partner with. They've outsourced their design work to a third party. And they're trying to say that they're this innovative electric truck maker when they don't have a product. And every deal they try to get into kind of falls through and doesn't seem to go anywhere. So don't be lured into the fact that, oh, it used to trade at $93 a share, and now it's at $20. Uh-uh. Still a $7 billion, $7.5 billion market cap. And this is exactly the type of company you don't want to be in when sh- interest rates are going up. That's why it's gone from $30 down to 20 down 33%. In the span of a month, and that's after falling from ninety, falling from ninety. So, I hate to, I hate Nikola. I would absolutely pass on it. Now, if you enjoy the Invest Talk podcast, great. We thank you for your support, and I hope you tell your family and friends about our free Invest Talk podcast downloads over at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And of course, we encourage you. So leave us your questions anytime day and night, eight 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 ninety nine charts. So let's call. Let's go to a caller question that came in earlier from Utah.
3: Hi, yeah, this is uh, Jake from Salt Lake City. Uh, I just had a question about Lumen. It used to be uh, most people recognize it as CenturyLink. It's pretty uh, good company from what I can tell. Uh, other than you know, they, they might have a bad reputation. From their broadband, but they've got a lot of assets, fiber optic, and you know, cable assets that I'm kind of interested in. They pay uh, maybe it might be less than 10% dividend right now. Uh, the new CEO is shrinking their debt, restructuring it. I think it's a pretty great, good company to be in. You know, that dividend can tie you know people over until the the, the CEO Jeff Story can kind of turn things around. But I wanted to see of what your guys's take on it was, and yeah, love the show. Thanks for everything you guys do. All
1: right, bye. All right, great question. This is Lumen, L-U-M-N, and he's right. CenturyLink does have uh, pretty strong cash flows, and I like the fact that management. There's new management. These are the type of potentially great opportunities. Uh, this is a company we've been looking at, haven't pulled the trigger on it, but uh, they cut their dividend from two dollars and sixteen cents a share to a dollar. So the dividend is now going to be closer to 8% as opposed to, based on past dividend payments, closer to that 15-20% range. And the fact that they have positive free cash flow, they're paying down debt, is a, posi- a great thing for me. Uh, something that I like. Now it's going to take some time, it's going to have fits and starts, but their debt has come down from $37 billion to $32 billion. Because of that free cash flow, they've issued a number of shares. They've gone from 555 million shares outstanding in 2015 to over a billion shares today. So double the shares outstanding over that time. And their revenue only grew 20%. So shareholders were diluted dramatically. But when you have new management, you have a fresh look at things that has better experience, that can be a great catalyst for an explosive move higher. And so I like it. L-U-M-N is the symbol. Certainly high risk, but overall, I like it. Well, now that we're settling into this new year, I think it's worth taking a minute to make you aware of the benefits of working with myself or Steve Peasley, or I guess and Steve Peasley, through our company, K P P Financial. We're based in Irvine, California. If uh, you don't know, that's a little bit south of L.A. And let me remind you that here in InvestTalk and at my, our company, KP Financial, we operate with the same philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, which means that we implement this using unbiased guidance and parallel investing, meaning we invest in strategies that we implement for ourselves. We ride right alongside our clients. That's why we say shared success. So I encourage you to take advantage of our offer for, to provide a free portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. You can also send us a message through investtalk.com or call our KP Financial offices in Irvine, California. There's no obligation. You can call, we can talk. We wanna help you in any way we can. Now I've got another caller question coming up next.
0: There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So, in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Peasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced, learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour.
3: Hi, this is Franco from Oakland, California. I have an Ameritrade brokerage account, and I wanted to know when does a capital gains tax get triggered? Does it get triggered when you sell a stock and the proceeds of the stock are still in the brokerage account, or does it get triggered when you sell a stock and you then subsequently take the money out of the entire brokerage account? Just wondering how that works. Thank you.
1: All right, this is simple. It's when you sell a particular stock. Whether you take the money out or not is irrelevant. The only time taking the money out matters is in an IRA or a 401k, right? Because that money is pre-tax. And taking that money out of those type of accounts triggers a an income tax event. And any taxable account, though, it's when you actually sell the security. That is when the taxable event happens. That is when it's determined of the date you sold it to figure out whether it was a long-term capital gains or short-term capital gains. Simple question. Hopefully that was a simple answer. Thank you for the call. 888 chart eight 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 4278 Let's try to fit in one more caller question now.
2: Hey, Stephen Justin. I wanted to get your opinion on NCR Corporation, ticker NCR. I wanted to get into this space a little bit, and I wanted to know your opinion at this price point. Looking forward
1: to hearing your thoughts. Thank you. All right, looking at NCR Corp. This is provider of ATM machines, self-checkout, etc. Revenues have been down dramatically. Why? A lot of businesses aren't accepting cash uh, less people needing cash for events and things like that right more people using digital payments and that has certainly hurt uh their business overall now technically the chart looks very strong to me i see nothing wrong with it it's consolidating up here around 35 dollars a share it's let me look at our value here you know it's it's about fair value it's not cheap it's not expensive. Uh, its business is good long term. The the profitability is certainly solid. Cash flow is solid. Return on equity typically floats in the on average, it's very volatile, but around twenty percent or so. So I like that. High debt, so that's a that's certainly an issue, but I I, you know, I kinda like it. I'm a fan of it. N C R. This is Invest Talk, I'm Justin Klein. Heading into a final break, so Get your questions in now at 888-99-SHART.
0: Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Or they can leave their questions anytime, 24/7, in the Invest Talk Voice Bank. Remember, for live or recorded questions, the number never changes: 99 chart.
1: Go over to Alameda and talk with Joe. He's looking at Chubb. C B is the symbol. If it's just an insurance company. You looking to own it, or do you own it?
3: I uh, don't know, there, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. I sure. Just with the market looking like it's changing a little bit, I've seen that the insurance stocks have shown a little bit of relative strength recently, and I, I want to add one to my portfolio. Um, I was looking at Chubb in particular, and I wanted to know what your thoughts and your perspective on this company was.
1: Uh, my perspective is good. I I like Chubb. You know, we were looking at insurance companies roughly six to nine months ago, and saying, you know. If inflation heats up, uh, this is an area for in the financial service sector at all. This is an area that we like for various reasons, and Chubb is definitely in the top five of the ones that we, you know, did extensive research uh, research, research on. Uh, didn't end up buying this particular one. We had a couple, a few more that we like better, but I'm a fan of Chubb long-term. Their profitability uh, is very strong their balance sheet is very very strong and their cash flow remains very strong last trailing 12 months at an all-time high 8.6 billion on a company with a 76 billion dollar market cap that's 11% free cash flow yield <laughs> certainly there's some um, reversion to the mean expected but if interest rates go up that's going to certainly help their business by investing their premiums back into the fixed income market, which is typically where insurance companies invest, that's how they make their money. So I like Chubb, I think the industry is a little overbought right now, but any pullback in rates, this would be a buy for me, uh, especially this space in general, but Chubb is definitely one of the better ones. Thanks for the call, Joe. Now let's grab one last Voice Bank question, this came from a caller in Texas
3: hey steven justin this is steven from lubbock texas had a question on ticker symbol d dominion energy i know they're a big gas company here in west texas they've been making a push to do some clean gas energy stuff and just with all the new uh the new president and all the that they're pushing for green energy just makes me wonder if gas companies like that will be a good thing to invest in just curious what you think about it I think they have a a little over a three percent dividend nothing crazy but just curious what your take is on that company thanks a lot bye
1: yeah great question and and you're right they are pushing into things like offshore wind and solar energy now they operate in Maryland Virginia Beach And they're based in Richmond, Virginia. They have about 30 gigawatts of electric generation capacity. And they have a bunch of uh, transmission lines. They're one of the largest electric companies, uh, public electric companies out there. $58 billion market cap. Now, they've underperformed recently because of higher interest rates. I've talked about this before, that utilities do poorly when interest rates are rising. They don't tend to be great investments. There's a headwind there. So with that caveat, understand that, that as long as interest rates continue to march higher, it's going to be a tough time for companies like Dominion. But you are going to get a three and a half percent yield. And it is relatively undervalued at these levels. Our value is closer to 80 bucks. Now it's a 72. So it's modestly undervalued. But it's a business that does have good long-term growth potential because of that focus a little bit more on clean energy. And I like the gas distributors. Why? Well, they're going to need to deliver a lot of natural gas to energy companies, to businesses, because that is an area that is cleaner than coal, than a lot of other forms of of energy, besides, obviously, the green. So, you know, Dominion is good. It's not my favorite utility out there. It's gonna have some headwinds near term. But if you are after a steady dividend, solid company, you could definitely do worse than Dominion. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. You can find them at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live stream broadcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Independent thinking shared success. This is best Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue
3: inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.